It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. Twelve original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, Future Ladies of Wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. And on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash p-r-e-s-s. It's a good deal. It's a good show. Hey, what's up, you guys? Um, we're busyless again. <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> Welcome to I'm No Doctor. <laughs> um, busy is at a meeting with her book editor. She's finished writing the book, I believe. Uh, but now there's a bunch of, I guess, business-related stuff she's dealing with. And, of course, there's the talk show. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, and I did. I was texting with Busy last night. And we're going to keep trying to do the podcast together with Busy. Um Oh, Jesus, sirens. We're going to keep trying to do it, even when our uh, talk show starts. So that's good news. We'll see how that works out. I know it'll be difficult, but uh, hopefully we can figure something out. Um, it is Wednesday, May, I want to say 8th, but that's wrong. It's the 9th, and uh, I am in my apartment uh, having some sinus issues Oh, geez, Steve, that's a real shocker. <clears throat> you were last time as well. Um, I'm fairly sure it's allergy. This is very weird. You know, that last time I had like a really bad sinus infection, uh, it was in my right cheekbone, right above the tooth, the molar where I had a root canal. And, um, that lasted for a long time. I was fighting that off and on for a long time. And also, as I've said, I don't know if it fully ever went away. Although I've been feeling a lot better, especially in that sinus. Well, a couple days, two days ago, uh, Monday, I started getting pain in my left sinus. Which, by the way, in my entire life, I'm 49. Whenever I get a sinus infection... It's almost always in the right side of my head, like the right sinus uh, cheekbone or the one uh, in the forehead. It's always on the right side. It's very, very rare that I get any pressure on my left side. So two days ago, I was just driving. I woke up feeling fine, too. I had a wonderful weekend. I'll talk about that in a second. I went out of town uh, to watch NASA launch a rocket uh, that was headed to Mars. And it was the first, I guess I'm talking about it now. <laughs> it was the first interplanetary rocket launch from the West Coast ever. We, fire, we have fired satellites and other stuff from the West Coast, but never anything to another uh, heavenly body. Uh, another planet. Uh, so this was going to Mars and um, I have a friend, Bob Ackfordowsi, who works for JPL and he was involved in the last Mars mission, the Mars rovers. Very smart guy. And um, I, I had seen him tweet something about a rocket launch and I didn't know it was so far north, but uh, f 
Friday, I had bought some camera equipment and I was like, I want to go take some photos. What's going, what can I take photos of? And then I was like, oh man, Bobak told me about this rocket launch or he didn't tell me he had tweeted about it. And so I texted him it was like one or two o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. I was in Pasadena in my truck taking photos of the Rose Bowl. And he's like, oh yeah, they're, they're launching, uh, NASA's launching, uh, this insight rocket. It's called insight to uh, Mars and, um, tomorrow morning at 4am. So this past Saturday at 4am, they were going to launch this rocket. And I, I was like, Oh my God, where's this happening? He's like, it's in Lompoc, which is uh, like an hour North of Santa Barbara, maybe a little more. And I was like, I had nothing going on this weekend. So I was like, I got to do, I got to go to this. That's crazy. And so I was like, where are you staying? He's like, we're staying in Lompoc. He gave me the hotel name and I, I called the hotel and they were like, we're all, we're all booked up because of the rocket launch. I was like, Oh man, it's crazy. I didn't know that many people were aware of this kind of shit, (laughs) this kind of stuff going on. Uh, I barely knew about it, and that was only because I have a friend who's involved with it. And um, so I was like, ah, maybe I won't go. I, and, and I was looking around the area. I couldn't find any hotels. And then I was texting with my friend Matt in London, and uh, he asked me what I was doing. I was like, well, I was going to try and go see this rocket launch, and uh, I think I'm not going to do it now. He's like, are you insane? He's like, you got to do it, man. You only live once. He's like, this is a rocket ship. This is NASA. They're, this is outer space shit. This is going to Mars. And you have the opportunity to say you were there for that launch. He's like, you got to go, even if you sleep in your truck. And he got me super amped. So I just started driving north. I didn't stop at my apartment because I knew if I stopped at my apartment to get a suitcase or just a bag of like extra clothes and toothbrush and all that stuff there's a good chance I would have just stayed on my couch. So I just started driving north and uh, I stopped for gas at one point and uh, I used an app, a really awesome app uh, called Hotels Tonight. Um, it's not an app you can use to book hotels in the future. It's an app that only tells you what hotels are available that night. Uh, it's called Hotels Tonight. <laughs> I guess that's a very fitting name. So I, uh, I went on the app and I, you know, typed in Lompoc and, um, it gave me like a couple hotels in the area that had just had cancellations. Cause I think that's basically what that app, um, how that app, uh, works. It, it, it immediately finds, you know, uh, cancellations and stuff like that. So I found a, a hotel, but it was honestly about 40 minutes away from, Lompoc, but I was like, that's good enough. I'm going to be awake most of the time anyway. So I was in this place called uh, Los Alamos. And so I just started driving and I got to this amazing hotel in Los Alamos called the Skyview Motel. Uh, Only been open for three weeks. It's like near a bunch of vineyards and like rolling hills. And it was really incredible. I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did this. And so I had agreed to meet Bob Ack and uh, his girlfriend at their hotel um, at 1.45 a.m. And then we'd go to the location that we were going to watch this launch. So I set my alarm for like 1 o'clock in the morning and I slept for maybe, I, I couldn't sleep. I was watching TV in my hotel trying to fall asleep. I probably ended up sleeping about an hour. My alarm went off and I drove over over to uh, Lompoc. I know this is a long story. But uh, we've got time. <laughs> so I go over there and meet them. And uh, it was him and his girlfriend and then a bunch of people from like JPL, like Jet Propulsion Laboratories. These people that work specifically on these uh, different NASA missions. And uh, we drove... The rocket was launched... There's an Air Force base in Lomp... Lompoc is mainly known for this Air Force base, Vandenberg Air Force Base. And also there's a prison, a maximum security prison. I think that's a majority of uh, the business in Lompoc. It's a really small town. 
Um, but it's really cool. There's a lot of really old buildings and history, and it's like right on the ocean, right on the beach. So we drove uh, a bunch of people. We drove right up basically to the gates of this uh, Air Force base where they were launching this rocket. So we were maybe like two or three miles tops from the actual rocket. You couldn't see it because there was a little bit of a bluff once you get inside to the uh, to the Air Force base. So it was on the other side of this bluff. So we couldn't see the rocket or the launch pad. So we got out in this field. And by the way, there were thousands of people. The roads were all lined with cars and people standing around waiting to watch this rocket launch at four o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And so we're all standing there and I have my tripod and I set up my camera to do like a long exposure. And um, it was a little foggy. It didn't seem so foggy that I wouldn't be able to see anything. But it was, uh, it was a little foggy. And so we're hanging out for like an hour and a half having like hot chocolate and stuff and talking and shooting the shit. And finally it... 4 a.m. rolls around. Everything's a go. They start the countdown. I get to my camera and I'm ready. And they hit zero. And from over the bluff, you hear one of the loudest sounds I've ever heard in my life. Super loud. The ground is shaking. And uh, couldn't see a thing because of the fog. The fog, especially over by the Air Force Base, was really thick. I thought at least I'd be able to see an orange trail through the fog. It was literally just like a wall of fog that you could see, and it slowly lit up orange, and then it slowly went away. So you couldn't see where the rocket actually was. That was a huge bummer, but um, it was honestly totally worth it just to hear that noise and um, feel the ground shaking and feel your chest shaking. And uh, it was a total success. I mean, so far, it's a success. success. Uh, It's going to take six months for the rocket to get to um, to Mars, which is very fast. I thought it would be like two years. They're like, no, it'll be there in like November. (laughs) I was like, what? That's so fast. And... um, But so far, everything is uh, good with that thing. And... um, I'm still happy to say that I was there when it happened. Anyway, so yeah, my sinuses. I get back Monday, uh, wake up feeling fine, and um, just all all of a sudden, I'm driving. I'm doing some errands. I think I was going to the bank. There's all of a sudden my br- left sinus, my left, the side where I never get sinus infections, started kind of aching, almost throbbing. And I was like, I started to put two to two and two together. I don't know if this is an actual thing or if it's a coincidence, but you know, I talked about this when I had my last sinus infection. Um, I went to the ENT and she's like, yeah, you definitely have a sinus infection. By the way, have you had dental work recently? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I had a root canal. She's like, well, because that molar was right against your sinuses, sometimes the infection will, uh, leak into your sinuses and cause a sinus infection, which makes sense, you know? And then I got that eye infection and the eye doctor was like, have you had a sinus infection? So it's just like all connected anyway. Um, so I had this pain like Monday in my left sinus and, um, this pressure. And I started just thinking, Oh my God, I, you know, a week and a half ago had uh, a root canal on my left side in a molar that was up again. But that was, I don't think that was an infected tooth. It was just a cavity that had gotten too big and had eventually reached the nerve, but there wasn't an infection. He didn't have to, I don't know. He didn't say there, it wasn't abscessed like my other one was. So I don't know. It may be a coincidence. It may be because I didn't get a lot of sleep and I was, um, out and you know out late at night and up early every morning and I was just I was using that trip as you know just a vacation and a chance to go out and take photos by the way if you if you listen to this and follow our no docs pod 
uh, Instagram. Um, I also have a, an Instagram, my own private Instagram. It's just at Steve AG. And um, I am an amateur photographer. So I have a lot of my photographs on there. And you can see a lot of my photographs from this weekend. Um, and I got some new equipment. So uh, I'm really happy with how a lot of the photos turned out. I would eventually like to do a, a photo book or uh, a photo, a gallery showing of some of my photos. Um, so I don't know. I just, and it's weird because it's not a constant pain. Usually with the sinus infection, my sinuses hurt the whole time I have an infection until I get on like antibiotics and get it taken care of. This has just been random, like pressure pain over the past like two days. Like I wake up feeling fine. And then at one point I'm just like, Jesus, my cheekbone is killing me. And also, I mean, this is going to be gross or graphic or whatever, but you know, when you have a sinus infection, you blow your nose or whatever, and the mucus is like bright yellow or greenish or whatever color, um, which indicates an infection. Uh, not always, but it's a big red flag. Uh, my, my mucus is still clear, so it, maybe it's just allergies. Yeah, right now I'm like pushing on my cheekbone and it hurts. I don't know. And I also have to go to Palm Springs this weekend for a wedding, Friday through Monday. It's just this wedding in this big house. All our friends are going to be there and we've made a whole weekend of it. And um, I don't want to be sick for that. It's going to be really fun. So I may go see a doctor tomorrow morning just to just uh, rule anything out. It's so annoying. I don't want to. I don't want to be sick again. That's so weird that it's just. It's. I've been sick more this year than you know, or the past, you know, ten months than I have been in in years. It's very frustrating, especially since I'm using this podcast to take advantage of you know not take advantage, but I'm using this podcast to kind of light a fire and make myself go to the doctors. So I'm going to the doctors more. I'm taking care of myself more and I'm fucking getting sick more. I do not understand why that is. I should be feeling better all the time. Um, also the past few days I've been having crazy heart palpitations. They're back with a vengeance. They've been really bad. Um, of course, you know, the whole time, also, the, you know, because I went to Lompoc for this rocket launch, spur of the moment, I didn't stop at my house. I didn't take my medication with me. I didn't take my anti, uh, antidepressant, my Lexapro. And so for two, two nights, two days, two nights and three days, I didn't take my, uh, my medication. So I'm wondering if that had, there's so many factors that could be leading to this from this weekend alone. The fact that I hadn't been taking my, uh, antidepressants, uh, the fact that I, because I was staying in a hotel, I was just eating at shitty restaurants, eating shitty food, drinking a ton of coffee, not drinking as much water as I should. Uh, somebody wrote into, uh, to the no docs email we're no doctors at gmail.com um for anyone who wants to say something to us uh someone wrote in i should find i'll find the email actually right now i mean i have the time actually i don't have a lot of time this may be a shorter episode um i just i i couldn't get a hold of busy and i'm i have a bunch of stuff i have, I have to get this suit tailored for this wedding. I have to get a haircut. So I don't have a lot of time. I was like, I got to record this podcast. I got to get this out of, get this out. Got to hit you guys up. Hey, what's up everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by tripping.com. That's right. We have a sponsor now. Have you ever planned a vacation, finding a place to stay that'll make everyone happy for the right price where you all want to visit? 
Well, it can feel like a full-time job. Spend less time planning your next trip with Tripping.com. Don't visit a ton of different sites. On Tripping.com, one search lets you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. Vacation rentals offer more, more privacy, more space for everyone under one roof, and more choices with fully stocked kitchens, extra bedrooms, and even hot tubs. All the comforts of home and then some. Best of all, at Tripping.com, you can join the millions of travelers who find more savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. So if you're planning spring break on the beach in Florida, Tripping.com. Can't wait to swim in Lake Tahoe this summer? Tripping.com. Dreaming of sitting on the deck of a Smoky Mountains cabin? Tripping.com. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with Tripping.com slash no docs. That's right. N-O-D-O-C-S. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash no docs. Find your perfect vacation rental. Tripping.com slash no docs. Okay, let's see. I did get a lot of emails about my heartburn. Here's one from uh, someone named Caitlin. Hey, Steve and Busy. Just started listening to the podcast a week and a half ago and have some, somehow binged nearly every, every episode. I love it. And I'm a woman dealing with some doctors ignoring a medical problem. So I found myself often saying, preach under my breath as I listen. I started getting terrible acid reflux in middle school before school. And when I went to the doctor, they found me, to, they told me to avoid coffee. In parentheses, she writes, I was 11. I was not drinking coffee. So I opted for the -the over-the-counter meds. I've been taking Tagamet when my heartburn and acid reflux flares up ever since, and it helps a lot. If it's already bad, I'll usually take a Tums while I wait for it to kick in. Busy, I also love the taste of Tums. They used to have a chocolate flavor that tasted like you were eating hot chocolate powder. And I was so fucking into it. I vaguely remember that. That's really weird that they would have a chocolate flavored because for some reason when I eat chocolate, it, I, something about, I, I think it's, it's fairly acidic chocolate and I, I get, uh, worse acid reflux after I've had chocolate. So it's weird that they would make chocolate flavored Tums. Uh, she continues. So yes, I recommend my dad who also has acid reflux takes Prilosec every other day, which I don't think it's what you're supposed to do. And never has issues. Uh, please let me know if this these work for you. Acid reflux is gnarly and no fun. Keep up the show. I can't get enough of it, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, a couple years ago, like two years ago, I did an episode of um, uh, shit. Now I can't remember the show name. My God, my brain. I haven't even been smoking weed lately, like just nothing. Um, I did an episode of a TV show and on the set, I started having the worst, maybe the worst acid reflux of my life. I'm not even joking. Um, like, and I was working on the show for two days. The first day I was sitting there, it was modern family. Uh, I was sitting, you know, on set and like, I couldn't have fun. I couldn't enjoy myself because my acid reflux, my, it was more heartburn than acid. It wasn't like going up into my throat. It just was like sharp pains, almost like gas. And it just fucking was killing me. And, uh, Eric stone street, who's one of the stars of that show was like, Oh, I used to get that. I started taking, I can't remember if he said Tagamet or Zantag. I think it was Tagamet. Like, you know, um, the pills. And so that night I went home on my way home. I got the Tagamet and, um, took one the next day. I had no acid reflux at all, no heartburn, but I had for one day the most intense dry mouth I've ever had in my life. For some reason, the Tagamet completely dried up all my saliva. It was insane. I was drinking so much water I would drink a bottle of water and then immediately my mouth would be dry. It was so crazy. Uh, that fixed itself within a day and then I was fine, but, um, it really did work. Uh, so thank you for that email. I'm trying to find this heart palpitation email. 
Um, I'm going to read this one. Uh, hey, Steve, had to laugh uh, when you talked about being obsessed with not with not throwing up. I went 37 years without throwing up from age 22 to 59. I was terrified of throwing up too. last October parentheses at age 59. I got neurovirus from some bad scallops ugh, in a restaurant and had several hours of vomiting. Just, ugh. The, just the phrase several hours of vomiting bums me out so much. Uh, guess what? It wasn't nearly as bad as, <laughs> Guess what? It wasn't nearly as bad as I feared. In fact, I felt better after throwing up. It cured my fear of throwing up. Jay. Is that... I thought there was more to this email. It's from a listener named Margaret. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's all she wrote. But um, yeah, because that's... I, I had mentioned, you know my really bad fear of vomiting and how I have a feeling that it won't be as bad as I've got made it out to be in my head. And this person, Margaret, you have completely verified that. Uh, and even though you have, I still, um, I'm afraid of it. Here's another throwing up one. Uh, the title is fear of throwing up. It says, feel free to share my story, but I'd like to remain anonymous. Fair enough. Uh, Stephen busy. Just listened to Steve talking about fears of throwing up. Have a story. When I was in eighth grade, I took some caffeine pills. Wow. Eighth grade taking caffeine pills, uh, that my friend gave to me at school. They immediately made me sick to my stomach and I threw up at school in the bathroom, thankfully. But after that, I was terrified that I would get sick at school. So much so that I would have panic attacks, uh, self-diagnosed, before going to lunch at school and wouldn't eat at all at school. I would, I would call my parents every day to come pick me up because I was sick, but I wasn't. I was just scared. They even put me in therapy because they thought I had an eating disorder. This went on for years and has even stemmed into my adult life where I have food anxiety, and don't like to eat out at restaurants, especially crowded ones. I even went as far as to fake an emergency ovarian cyst on New Year's Eve once because my boyfriend at the time and I were scheduled to go to dinner with a bunch of people and at a popular restaurant I knew would be crowded and I didn't want to go. We went to the emergency room instead. To this day, 20 years later, I still have, res uh, quote, restaurant anxiety and have to take a Xanax if I'm forced to eat out where I am not comfortable. I constantly worry if my kids are going to throw up or get sick at school, and during cold or flu season, I barely sleep. This is so much like me, because I'm just waiting on one of them to puke. This is part of the reason, this is me, Steve, talking, part of the reason I don't want kids. Um, I wake up at the slightest sound from the month of October to February, like clockwork, in anticipation someone is going to puke. Luckily, we don't get sick too often, but it is exhausting. This anxiety, it sounds insane, and I don't tell many people about this. I just wanted to say that you're not alone in your fears. Thank you, anonymous emailer. Um, I relate to this email on so many levels. It's insane. Just speaking about the restaurant, uh, again, I have talked about, I won't, I won't go into super detail because I've talked about this on past episodes. I had a panic attack once on a plane. And so for probably eight to 10 years, I uh, wouldn't fly. And looking back, the panic attack was not caused because I was on a plane. It's because I just suffer from panic attacks, but I would associate uh, flying with panic attacks. So I wouldn't fly. And, uh, I had the same thing going into restaurants. I didn't want to have a panic. I would have panic attacks in restaurants. And the thought of going to a restaurant would make my panic attacks worse. If we went to a restaurant, if, whether it was with my family or my girlfriend, I would have to sit near the bathroom where I would constantly be aware of where the exits were. 
a lot of times I've said, you know, and I've said this before, my anxiety uh, would sometimes manifest itself, my panic attacks in the form of uh, not being able to swallow. Um, that is one of the signs of a panic attack. Not everybody has that, but I did. And um, I just couldn't swallow my saliva or food or anything because I was immediately afraid I was going to throw up. So for some reason, my reflexes wouldn't allow me to swallow. So I was constantly spitting into napkins, uh, tissue. Um, it was horrible. Um, and none of that went away for me until I uh, started going on Lexapro. I started taking Lexapro for anxiety and panic disorder. Uh, it is an antidepressant. I didn't take it for depression, but it really helped lessen the depression that I do suffer from. Um, you know, when I went to see my, uh, therapist, the depression part wasn't even high on my priority. It was my anxiety attacks. So she gave me this antidepressant, which in, within days was working. Like I could go eat at restaurants. I could fly. I could go anywhere. I was fine. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, so I, I, I know how you feel anonymous emailer, um, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. Um, I still get anxious now and then. The thing with, uh, you know, anxiety, my anxiety medication, it doesn't numb me. It doesn't make me immune to my feelings. I still have feelings. I still get sad. I still have anxiety. It's just not debil debilitating. Um, so thanks for that email. I, I know you're, I know what you're going through. Um, Where is this? Mm. Well, I'll find it eventually. Maybe, maybe the next time I do a, uh, a reader, a solo episode, I'll, I'll have it found. Um, but, uh, it basically, I think I mentioned this too a long time ago, but uh, a listener wrote in that she was having heart palpitations and um, started taking uh, magnesium and totally stopped the heart palpitations. She even said in the email, "This uh, shit. This might even. This might not be in the emails. This might be in the uh, comments section or the emails on on our Instagram. Shit, that might be it." Uh, regardless, she said, uh, magnesium really helped. It, it kind of acts as a muscle relaxant. Um, some people use it. It helps them sleep better. Uh, but I've heard multiple people say it's helped with their, um, with their, uh, heart palpitations. And I, um, it's funny when these heart palpitations first started for me, I was in a Starbucks and I was wearing, a heart monitor. I had to wear it for like three or four days. And I was in the middle of that and you could see a light. It was like Iron Man. You could see a light from the, uh, heart monitor. And I was wearing like a thin shirt and the barista was like, what's going on under your shirt there, Iron Man. And, um, I told him, I was like, Oh yeah, I've been having these heart palpitations. And there was a woman who was in line behind me and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not eavesdropping. I just couldn't help but over here. She goes, I had the same exact problem and um, started taking magnesium and it totally stopped it. And I know, you, I know what you guys are saying. Steve, why the fuck haven't you, tried, <laughs> haven't you tried magnesium? It's way cheaper than doctor's visits. Um, you, and you're 100% right to say that. It's insane that I have it. I've bought magnesium. I have it. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my shelf. Um, I have... I, I really do sound insane. I have pill issues. I don't like taking pills. Not because I find them hard to swallow. That's not an issue at all. I don't like the feeling of... And this doesn't even happen a lot, but sometimes I take pills and if I take them on an empty stomach, uh, I get nauseous and that again leads to me feeling like I'm going to throw up and that is my least favorite thing and my biggest fear in the world. 
So that's one reason I don't like taking pills is I don't want to feel nauseous and possibly throw up because I have a lot of friends who've taken vitamins on empty stomachs and been like, oh man, I took my vitamins this morning. I didn't have any food and I threw up. I'm like, well, I don't want to take vitamins now. Although, you know, just take it with some food and you're fine. But it's the throwing up. It all goes back to throwing up for me. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't. I. Plus some, you know, I'm one of those warriors who reads up on every pill that someone gives. And it's like, uh, oh, look at all these possible side effects. That's almost worse than what I'm dealing with to lead me to take the pills in the first place. So, um, yeah, I find that, uh, I have a fear of taking pills, even though for the most part, every time I take a pill, I'm fine. When I first started taking my antidepressants, my Lexapro, I was completely terrified. My doctor gave them to me and I had heard so many horror stories of friends who went on antidepressants who had to try a million different antidepressants or combinations, cocktails of antidepressants before they got it right. And in leading up to getting it right, they would have to go through things like uh, sexual dysfunction, you know, and um, erectile dysfunction or just loss of sex drive because of these antidepressants. And I was just like, look, I masturbation's all I got. <laughs> I don't want to lose that. <laughs> like, please, it's one of my only hobbies. <laughs> but then again, you know, my panic attacks got to a point where I was like, I don't care if I ever masturbate again. I just want to feel normal and get out of the house. And uh, I took started taking Lexapro. And this was like 15 years ago. And Lexapro was fairly new back then. And so I was also nervous because it was a new pill. I'm like, oh, it's, it hasn't been tested long enough. And here we go. And uh, so I got the pills from my doctor, got my prescription. And then it was a couple days before I even took them. I, was, I would just sit there looking at them going, oh, I, I don't want to do this. Why can't I fix this with, you know, with therapy without fucking chemicals? And to be honest, I took my pill at night. It was a 10 milligram uh, Lexapro. I took it. And um, the next morning, I slept like eight or nine hours. The next morning, I woke up more tired than I've ever been in my life. And I stayed in bed the whole day. I couldn't. I almost had to crawl to the bathroom to go to the bathroom. I was so weak and tired, just tired, just like take as the most tired you've ever been and multiply it by five or 10 <laughs> multiply by five. That's so weird. Um, that's how tired I was. And it lasted for about a day and a half. And then I woke up on like the second or third day and felt fine. And within like five days I was leaving the house and felt great. Um, but yeah, so I've always had an issue with taking pills, even, you know, Tylenol. It's one of the few pills I'll take and just be like, oh, fine. Uh, you know, when I went to the doctors for kidney stones, my last kidney stones, they, they gave me Dilaudid. They wanted to give me Dilaudid, which is like stronger than morphine. You know, it's like heroin. And I was fucking terrified. And that wasn't even in pill form. They wanted to inject it right into my veins. And I was just like so scared. And um, I will say it was the greatest drug I've ever, ever taken in my life. I can see why opioids are so, so, uh, addicting. It was, you know, I, I, they injected me and I felt it was weird because I still felt pain. I just didn't care. And I just felt so just on another planet. But then once it started wearing off and this was only after one injection, it was wearing off and I was starting to feel sick and I was like shivering and I was like, Oh my God, this is how people become addicted. And they came in and they're like, do you want another uh, injection? And I was just like, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> so yeah. But, um, 
I should really start taking this magnesium. I have it. It's here. All I literally, all I have to do is turn the lid and open it and take a pill and maybe it'll help. I'll let you guys know if I start it, I'll let you guys know. And by the way, that does beat going to the cardiologist every time I have a, a heart palpitation. Um, Oh, I almost forgot about this. I will tell you this. When I was in Lompoc for this uh, rocket launch, um, that was a Saturday. Sun, I, I stayed until Sunday. So I slept in Saturday. I went back to my hotel. And then um, so, yeah, Saturday, um, I, uh, I got up and um, late. And I went and was really hungry. I, I slept in fairly late. It was like almost noon and uh right next to my hotel was a um panda express and for some reason i was just craving like fried rice and um like beef and broccoli i love beef and broccoli i it's more so for the broccoli i love broccoli and uh so i went and got some in the drive through and um i went back to my room and had like four pieces of broccoli and one spoonful of the fried rice and immediately got a, um, what do you call it? An esophageal spasm. I'm fairly certain I've talked about this on the show before. Not a ton. Um, but an esophageal spasm is when your esophagus, your throat the uh, tube way from your mouth to your stomach uh, has a spasm and it. it's like a cramp and your esophagus tightens up and closes up so tight. I only get this like maybe once a year closes up so tight that nothing can get past it. Like no more food. And by the way, if you had to throw up, you couldn't even throw up. It wouldn't come up. Like it is so, it's like taking your fist and making like a circle, like with your hand, you know, like, like you're making an O shape with your hand and then squeezing it into a fist. It's like that. That's your esophagus is like a squeezed fist and nothing can pass through that. And, um, sometimes they last for a couple minutes. Um, this was the one I had Saturday was top three worst ones I've had. It lasted maybe 20 to 30 minutes. And, um, I, I, all you can do is just walk around and spit. You can't swallow. You can't even swallow your saliva. Um, if you try, it just hurts really bad. Um, and, uh, all you can do is wait it out. I've heard some people say the best thing to do is get some like room temperature water and just chug it, like force yourself to drink it. And that will open up your esophagus. I, I can't imagine that working because it's so difficult to swallow. Um, and I have a friend who I texted while it was happening. And cause he was, it was my friend, Brian Posehn who played my, uh, my husband on the Sarah Silverman program on comedy central. He used to get them. And I remember he actually went to see a doctor for it and they uh, did a procedure and um, I texted him. He's like, yeah, I had the procedure done a year and a half ago and I have not had one since I've had no problems. And what the procedure is, is they go into your throat basic with basically with like a deflated balloon down into your esophagus and then they start inflating it. This is why you're not having an esophageal spasm. It's just when your throat's normal. They put it down there and then they open it to force your esophagus open wider. I don't know how that works because it seems like it would just go back to normal, but uh, he had that done and says it's been great. So shit, man, is this just like another thing I have to do? I'm already dealing with vertigo and heart palpitations. It's, it's like a never ending thing. And I know I have it. I have it good compared to a lot of people's medical problems, but you know, everyone's problems are relative to their own world. 
That's why. That's why. Like when someone's like, I've I've had a headache all afternoon. I'll never just be like, oh really? I've had vertigo for fucking forty years. Because <laughs> uh, if you've never had vertigo, you don't have anything to compare it to, and if you don't have headaches, and all of a sudden you have one, it's the worst. I I get it, you know. Um. Uh, so that was my esophageal spasm. I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. Let me see. Let me go into these emails. Um, let's see. We have fear of throwing up. Read that one. And again, guys, feel free to email us. If you have any information on any of the topics I've been... Oh, shit. Someone's calling me from a number I don't recognize. And so I'm sending it right back to voicemail. Um, yeah. So if you have anything, it's uh no docs podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you can shed a light on esophageal spasms, if any of you have, have dealt with these and fixed the problem, please let me know. I would love to know that. Um, I don't know. I'm busy and I tend to talk 80% on sinus issues. Oh my God. She's got her sinus surgery going to be coming up soon. That's pretty amazing. Uh, curious to see how it goes because, uh, although, you know, when I, last year, when I went into the ENT and she put a camera up my, up in my sinuses, I was expecting her to be like, Oh yeah, you've got polyps here. You've got a deviated septum. You should definitely have surgery. That wasn't the case with her. She was like, basically like, yeah, you have a sinus infection. She's like, your septum is slightly deviated. She's like, it's not enough to even make you worry about it. I I figured it was just so crooked, like a boomerang, (laughs) like a bent elbow. But she's like, no, it's not that bad. And yeah, so I, I don't know if I need surgery. Oh, God. And now I've got two weeks of weddings, almost three weeks. I have a wedding this weekend, wedding next weekend. I have like two weeks off and then another wedding. I have another wedding at the end of summer. Where the fuck are all you people getting? Just go elope. It's cheaper. <laughs> My friend Jenny went and eloped with her boyfriend. They got married and didn't tell anyone. And then we all just got an email saying, hey, we're married. We're going to have a party in June. So I'm cool with that. So congratulations to Jenny Wade and Robert Buckley, who I've just been watching on Instagram for what seems like a month in like the Pacific Islands, you know, like... Fiji and that area and God, they've been there for forever. It's really making my trip to Lompoc, California seem like nothing. (laughs) Oh, well, um, I had fun. I like road trips. Um, if anyone uh, here in the U S knows of any local good places to go, Mostly for my photography. I want to do photography-friendly road trips. Like, I want to go to Monument Valley, Utah, uh, Moab, Utah. A lot of places in Utah I'd like to go. Um, Oregon Coast, for sure. Uh, I I really want to go to um, the San Juan Islands off the coast of Washington State. Um, There's some really beautiful places up there. Uh, I would like to go back up to Canada. I went to... uh, Nova Scotia like eight years ago for uh, about a week and a half, about 10 days and uh, traveled all over with my friend Ellen and uh, God damn it. Nova Scotia is beautiful. It's a long, long trip, but it was so worth it. We stayed in a cabin that had no electricity and no running water. We had to get water from a well. Uh, it was just an outhouse. And, uh, but the cabin was like right on this amazing lake. We'd go canoeing and then um, it was like a half mile walk to the ocean, which the coast of Nova Scotia looks a lot like the Oregon coast. It's all rocky and really beautiful. Uh, I love Canada. There's a lot more places I'd like to visit. 
something, you know, like areas like Banff and, um, I've never even, I think I went to Victoria, not Victoria. I'd like to go to Victoria Island, but like Vancouver, even I, I think I've only been there once anyway, in large, uh, larger scope. I'd like to go to like Iceland and I'd like to go to Japan and all over Europe. It's really all I want to do with my money now. Like when I do get money, when I book a job, I just, I was trying to save up to buy a house and I'm like, maybe I should just stay in my apartment and use my money to travel when I'm on my deathbed in five years. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, boy, I'm glad I moved out of that apartment. I'd rather be saying, boy, I'm glad I saw the world. Anyway, um, I think that's going to do it. I've talked for about 50 minutes. I really was only, once again, planning on talking for about 20 or 30 minutes, but I could talk about this shit forever. So uh, hopefully, guys, next week we'll have Busy back. Hopefully she's got all her book stuff sorted out. And um, I know she's, I don't think she goes into production on this talk show for a while. They're still trying to figure out the format and everything. So yeah, we'll have her back soon. Back where she belongs. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, guys. Stay healthy and happy. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. It's a good show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Steve. AG. You know. <laughs> I'm here to let you know that Starburns Audio has a new survey. Uh, just go to starburns.audio slash survey. Um, we're trying to get to know our listeners a little bit better. Uh, and it only takes a few minutes, I promise, but uh, it makes a massive difference to the podcasters at um, Starburns Audio. Believe me, we uh, are trying to get to know a little bit more about you, what you like, what you don't like, um, ideas you may have to make things run smoother. Um, this really is a helpful survey because um, currently podcasting is still kind of like the Wild West. We still don't know a lot. It's uh, it's a new medium. Um, so your responses make everything a lot easier. Uh, it's incredibly helpful and uh, incredibly quick. So again, just go to starburns.audio slash survey and uh, fill it out. Help Help a brother out. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hello. I'm Dave Ross. Hey, and I'm Hampton Yunt. And we host Suicide Buddies on Starburns Audio. That's right. It's a podcast about suicide, but not to make light of it. We actually talk about suicidal thoughts, depression, kind of with a sense of levity that Dave and I have with each other. He's my best friend. Come on. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> suicide Buddies. <laughs> That's the title. One of our favorite episodes that we've recorded so far is about this guy, Jan Pataki, who was a Polish aristocrat in the 19th century, mm -hmm. and he uh, one of the reasons... It's possible that he killed himself <laughs> is that he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Check out a clip. It also makes me think, like, we were talking about in the Norway uh, black metal episode, how, like, just the culture of your surroundings can affect you. Like, yeah. he's in a castle in Poland. He's, like, I mean, if yeah. you lived in a castle in Poland and no one knew anything about anything, you might be like, I'm a bat. I'm probably a bat. <laughs> 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 That's like literally what happened to Batman. <laughs> he literally is in his mansion. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm a, a bat. bat. I'm a bat. I'm a I'm bat. bat. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, bat. a bat that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bat that helps people. I'm a, I'm a I don't know what you want from me. And, uh, my, and my girlfriend, she's a cat. She's a cat. My she, girlfriend's she, a cat. She steals things. She's a woman who steals things. She's a cat. I'm a bat. I'm a bat. I help people. She's a cat. We fight a penguin. My. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs>